Hi, this is Jonathan, a.k.a. Roadblock, and I play Jonathan the Match Muscular, the Human Wizard. Hi, I'm Jules. I am the rock gnome Bernice Q. Burns. Hi, this is John, a.k.a. That Film Guy. I'm going to be playing your half-oak barbarian, Carlton Tanks, who was, in fact, raised by wolves and is too enamored of ale, wine, and other intoxicants. Hi, I'm Jack Edithil, and I'm playing Travancore, a half-elf, archer, and the viceroy of Glenmore. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks. Ladies and gentlemen, last time on Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks, the party completed a thorough search of Bruckstone Hold, discovering a few more magic items as well as notes and books dealing with some local legends and a mine in the area. As evening fell, wary of the evil left behind by the cult of Mammon, the party camped outside for the night. They then headed back to Greenest, where they spent the evening at the Running King, learning all about the local stories of the fort, the Purbeck mine nearby, and the legends of an ancient wizard who destroyed and claimed the hold in the mine so long ago. And that's where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeons & Dragons & Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, and tonight... I have mimosas because we have orange juice and we have we, we have champagne. So I made giant mimosas and they're delicious. Carlton, tell us what you're drinking. I am drinking Live Oak Hef, which is now, as of January, available in a can and not draft only. So yay for me. And Travancore, how about you? Hi, I'm Jack. I play Travancore. Tonight I am having uh, Pacifico, going back on my pledge not to drink beer until I've about my weight because there was a snowstorm and because snowstorms take your will away and deserve beer uh jonathan how about you hi this is jonathan uh jonathan the match muscular and i am drinking the second helping of game of thrones beer this one was just called blonde ale but i am changing its name to the cersei lannister is a bitch ale <laughs> and I am drinking it out of a 99.5 Kiss radio station mug that I briefly interned for. Ooh, very nice. And Bernie, how about you? I am uh, drinking Fat Tire Amber Ale because it was in the fridge. That's <laughs> <laughs> tire is good stuff. I like it's that. It's good. It's solid. They come to Durham every year as part of their tour de fat, and I never get to go because I work Saturdays. Aww. Makes me actually really sad. Really? So let's play Dungeons and Dragons so I'm not sad anymore. Let us play some Dungeons and Dragons. So as I said last time, uh, the last game was basically spent learning about all the local legends in the area. Uh, you've had a wonderful time at the Running King. It is now the next morning. And what would you like to do? So wait, this long rest restores everyone's health? Yes. yes. You've had a nice long rest at um, Leogian's house. And you have restored everything. You recovered from your ordeals at the Temple of Mammon. Um, I know you discovered a whole bunch of things at the fort. You discovered a whole bunch of things at the Running King. You had some decisions to make about the fort. You had some shopping ideas. What would you like to do? I want to get a quick count because everybody was down some health of what your total health is. I'm back at to 39. Total. Mine is an infinite amount of health. You're back to 39. I'm You'd think I would have My sat DM down and, and gotten out my character sheet, but you would be wrong. So she doesn't <laughs> die, but she can make a... All right, Travi, how much is your max health and your bear? Uh, 21. And the bear is at 51. And Jonathan, the Magimus Sealer? 
Total hit points is 22. 22. Okay, everybody's healed back up. That's good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Actually, I may have taken it back. I may have overestimated Shadow's health by quite a bit. Also, Shadow should be a yes, black bear. Yes, please. Explain, black bear, yeah. black hair. Explain, Before you Tra- see, Simon Shadow Cor. is a black That's... bear, but he's one of those breeds that looks a lot like a brown bear. We can call him a juvenile oh, brown bear. those. Yeah. Those breeds. So it turns out black that bear Shadow's health is only about 19. Well, Shadow should have been dead a long time ago, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Shadow was incredibly resilient, um, and and but now that you know you've had a couple of ventures together, you've gotten to know him a little bit better. You've been able to thoroughly clean his fur and discover that all of the mud that was caked in and everything made him look brown. He is actually a black bear. Yeah, Shadow. Well, according to my math, maybe Shadow didn't die, but he got real close. You named a brown bear Shadow. I have I have a theory about this. I think a lot of that mud that was caked in also protected him from uh, from injury oh. and harm for a little while, That's but most of it seems to be works. gone now. So, so we better we better take natural, it easy. Natural oh, mud armor. This is just like in uh, every child's movie ever, where they can throw water balloons at the bad guys and they'll run away screaming. <laughs> so was uh so would you say that? That Shadow was wearing brown face? No. Wow. No, I Who would, would not. say that? Is Leosian still in the house? Carlton, to answer your question, yes. As you wake up in the morning and come down for breakfast, breakfast Leosian is is around. He is helping serve uh, breakfast to the couple other monks that are in the house. Do we Leosian, my friend. about the wizard that we think we know of? That's... I can't remember. Leosian greets you all. Sorry. Leosian, have you heard about this uh this uh, this wizard that possibly lives over in Brookstone Hold? Wiz- wizard. Have you heard this story? What? By the mines? Uh, yes, the the Perbeck wizard. I haven't heard that story in a while, but that's a a local legend that's been around in this area for centuries. Centuries, good, because that was my, my question was when did it start? So you say centuries. I don't know exactly when it started. The the mine and that fort have been around for forever but abandoned the the story of this area is of that wizard and a dragon i think but yeah apparently there was some sort of calamity and greenest lost the mine and the fort have have you been to bruckstone hold yes uh it's now called fort kickass but yes we're actually, that name we're, we're, remains it's, it's, to be we're seen. We're workshopping the name, but... Yeah. Temporarily, it's, it's called Fort Kick-Ass. Leosian smiles and, despite himself, says, I would not expect any other name from my friends. I would! Uh, so, Leosian, have this have the stories about this, this wizard and all, have they involved other adventurers who may or may not have come or not come back? Has anybody tried to investigate this? I do know the Purbeck Mine was a a place that held a lot of marble and was very profitable for the town of Greenest back when it was being mined. The stories say that the, all of the dwarven miners that were contracted were to mine there were killed. And I don't know of too many people who have gone there 
apparently the the mine itself is considered haunted and various and sundry ruffian groups have taken over the fort last i heard that there was there was some weird cult there not anymore oh yeah you okay. see this you see this horn i pull out my uh, my minotaur horn <laughs> he recoils a bit from the minotaur horn it's 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 kind of disgusting and he recoils a little bit and then yeah i took this off their leader so don't have to worry about that no more i'm i'm glad to know that this was a, a danger to greenness that was taken care of that's uh disgusting please put that away i'm trying to eat i will put it away i am gonna wash it at one point and drink out of it but i'll put it away for now oh ew no carlton no uh bernice Yes, Bernice, yes. That's like drinking out of someone's ear after you've cut it off of their face. Your point being? Leosian speaks up at this point and says, what What was, is that, what is that from? A like a, well, it was a person and then it became a minotaur. And he touched me. And I don't like when people touch me without my permission. So I cut off, I, 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 uh, I went hard on him. I went a little ham. What kind of cult was inhabiting this this fort that there would be minotaurs i've never i get close even... to whisper into his ear Mammon. his eyes widen as to not any anybody who else is eating i didn't want to spook any other monks that may or may not be around okay his eyes widen he says now that is an arch demon i have not heard in a very long time yeah if he does exist he's not gonna be too pleased with me we found a runaway and escorted him back he led us back to where the cult was was held up in I don't want to encourage him by calling it Fort Kickass, but honestly, I don't remember what its actual name is. So, so anything historically but that. it was called Bruckstone Hold. That's what the townspeople have been calling it. Okay. So Ruckstone Hold we Beep. went to and to try and free the any prisoners or hostages that might have been around. Leosian says it's it's good that you were able to to get rid of such a such a evil group of, of cultists and did you destroy the altar did you have is Bruckstone Hold destroyed no, it's, we it's didn't still destroy there. the altar actually this is something we wanted to bring up with you we're not we're not experts at cleaning out a a tainted site of an evil religion so if you have any pointers like what you just mentioned destroying the altar that would be great we could fully sanctify the area and and cleanse it of whatever evil is is still there. I think this is a very wise course of action. I would would be very cautious about staying even in a a no longer used temple to a a demon like Mammon. Unfortunately, I have very little information that that you would need to talk to a a cleric have you had the chance to talk to edian edian falcon moon oh yeah i believe you know him we are acquainted actually that's over at the temple of shanti correct that is correct i believe he would be the most the wisest in town for dealing with something this religious and if if this site can be saved and and converted into uh something less overtly evil he would be the one to know he may be, but I'm just going to let it be known that he may know what he's talking about, but in my opinion, the wisest is my little homegirl here. She's probably the wisest cleric in town, in my opinion. Uh, 
Obviously. I am sure you know much he does not know, little one. If I don't say that, she'll hit me with the mace. (laughs) (laughs) I very, very politely say we don't go to the same church. And that is okay. Is there anything else I could help you with? I need to get back to helping my my people set up for the day. No. Let's go. Uh, I, think I think we're good, Leochin. Thanks so much for your uh, help. I flip him a gold uh, to either use for housekeeping or to the monastery or whatever. He catches it out of the air. Uh, you haven't seen him fight or really do anything except, you know, administrative duties around the house. Um, as he catches this gold out of the air, you all instinctively see the speed and the accuracy and realize he is maybe not just a monk in name. It kind of gives you pause for a second. I knew you were a badass. This this guy, but he, he catches it. He looks at it. He says, thank you. This, this will come to much use, especially restocking the stables as they seem to now be occupied. I flip him another gold and I'm like, thanks. I also contribute a gold. He takes I the, the gold from the two of the you. I who wanted the bear to begin with, so. Okay. I'll contribute. So I guess the, the donkey, the, the horse is not yours either? Oh, fuck. Here's a gold piece. Only buy food <laughs> for the horse. <laughs> he takes Richie. the gold from each of you, he thanks you, and he bow- He kind of half bows and then walks away, and you hear overhear him beginning to speak to some of the other members of the, the household. He's assigning some tasks to people, and he's actually handing out the, the gold to go get more feed, and go get more this, and go fix this, and go... So he's he's putting it right to work. Can I do... Can I do... You can do almost anything. So hey, girl, you do you. Things. <laughs> Why is religion under intelligence? Mother. Because D and D. D and D. Come on. Because I'm it's knowledge religion. It's like it's the book smart of religion. Like wisdom is where you draw your power, and and it's that's what the gods look for in their clerics is wise people. They want you to know how to use their power, not necessarily that a thousand years ago they threw the Grand Dragon kiosk off of a mountain. Because well, that totally happened. Handing out bad brochures. So um, I'm going to do two different checks. First and foremost, okay. I want to do a religion check to see what I know about Mammon. Okay. And then I'm going to do an insight check to see if given my prowess in religious things I could figure out how to cleanse the place okay so give me the first check for uh, learning about Mammon we'll start with that not very good okay you don't have any bonus to intelligence well halfway I don't have any I have no detractors now but I I don't have any bonus I don't know what I wait hold on I'm hold on hold on wait hold on I think I'm proficient in religion wouldn't that be as a cleric you would be. be I would assume Oh, I get a plus two. That's a 12. With a 12, you do know he is he's an archdevil. He is one of the more powerful demons from the Nine Hells. He is known as the Lord of Avarice and um, kind of complementary to what you've already discovered talking to his followers, talking to the slaves that were there. He is the, the demon of greed and lust and uh, even a little bit of duplicity. He is a hoarder 
and a he wants everything for himself and those who worship him tend to be greedy and selfish and yeah i mean when you worship a, an arch devil you're you're putting more than just your soul on the line you're 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 making a literal deal with the devil and that's never good but that's what you know go ahead and roll me another one if you want to know about cleansing the temple and i do have a plus in insight so let's see if this is even better Pro oh god that's terrible i have no insight this morning can i do an insight check it wouldn't be insight in this. Oh. It would be another religion check. Oh, I was rolling a because it, insight. So insight is when you are talking to somebody and you're trying to discern what their what their true oh. intent is to see if they're lying or things like that. Well, I'm proficient in religion, so we're gonna go ahead and do that. Okay, eleven. Can I do a religion check to see if my axe would smash it would work? If you would like to give me a religion check, sure. If anyone wants, everybody roll me a religion check. Yay. 11. Gets 11. I'm feeling dicey. Oh my god, you're the worst. Uh, so Oof. my religion, I believe, I'm not feeling plus it. five. Should probably go talk to this guy in this temple. Yeah. I got yep. me a seven. Uh, so I get, I get an 18. Okay, so Jonathan's got an 18. Travancore, you got a seven? Yep. Uh, Carlton? 11. My intelligence is so high. I got an 11. Bernie, you start to talk about, you don't know the specific rites. You, this is not your area of expertise. You know in general that there's there's some rituals that need to take place. There's some specific uh, items that need to happen. You're pretty sure the destruction of some of the more holy relics would help. And Carlton is right there with his axe like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonathan, this kind of jogs your memory. And while you also don't know the specific rituals, uh, because you're not really a religious figure, you remember reading about these kind of exorcisms. And this is generally a task that's taken on by two, three, maybe even four or five clerics, depending on the size of the temple, the size of the area, uh, how much evil had taken place there if there were blood rituals or sacrifices could be something that could take several hours maybe even days it's it's not a simple quick ritual and um while you you think academically you you know what would it take you know the four of you together don't really have the resources or really even the inclination to do that kind of thing let's go talk to the temple and Let's let's do this. Let's bring it up to the temple, and then if they want to send a exorcism committee out there, they may be able to take care of it without us doing much. Right. Yeah. Let's go see if they have some demon bleach. Yeah. <laughs> demon bleach. bleach. Out demons out is the uh, tagline of demon bleach. You just got to put your hands on the TV for a little while while it's showing snow, and eventually you'll you'll get there. You guys have approached the Temple of Shanti after Jewel, uh, after Bernie has just finished telling a very funny story about a family pet that she used to have. Oh, and yeah, heading inside, you can see kind of the, the very warm, dimly lit interior with the, um, the gentlemen and, and ladies in simple brown robes. You recognize the head cleric from before, Eddie and Falcon Moon. He's currently off to the right-hand side. It seems like he is cleaning one of the the side sconces where there's there's a couple of chairs and a, a table set up and some candles are burning. It looks like a 
a place where some people have been maybe praying or, or, or chatting quietly. He's currently in the process of dusting. We could say, hey. Hi. He says, my friends, it is good to see you again. Have you, have you come to worship? Sort of. We've actually, oddly enough, we've asked you to come and worship in a way. So I was hmm. like, if we could have a word in private. Y yes, absolutely. He takes you aside down one of these. Um, th there's a small hallway. He kind of leads you to the front of the temple where the main altar is. Goes over to the right side where there's a, a, a little hallway that leads into a series of rooms. And he takes you into one of the side rooms. It's very sparsely furnished. There's a, a nice window out on a courtyard and a couple chairs and tables. You get the sense there's a couple of these rooms, not not necessarily like private, private rooms, but, you know, places for more um, separate speculation. And he invites you on in, closes the door and says, I, I, I know the last time we spoke, it was grave news. Uh, is this more grave news? Um, more, more positive. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of good news, bad news, and opportunities maybe. Okay. Actually, it's mostly good news. Good news. Are you familiar with Ruckstone Fort? Because we totally just liberated Ruckstone Fort. Ruckstone. I thought it was called Ruckstone Hold. Ruckstone. Ruckstone Hold. We've totally liberated Ruckstone Hold. Excuse me while I have another drink. <laughs> he thinks for a second and says, "You mean." Brock, Brock Stone. I thought there was a B, but I wasn't sure. Was there a B? Okay, now we know. My B. It's okay. Uh, he says, "Yeah, Brockstone Hold. I am familiar with the stories, but that place has been abandoned for years, for decades, not, even after." Sorry, not, not so abandoned. Not so abandoned recently, as we cleared out a bunch of Mammon cultists. Mammon. Yeah. And he, at this point, you guys have kind of entered the room. And he now sits. He looks concerned, but not scared. He says, so you have found Mammon cultists? That's Carlton, do you so still have that strange. horn on you? I, I pull out my horn. I'm like, yeah, I, I took this off a guy. He recoils a bit, and it takes you a second to realize it's it's not from That's, That tends to be the general reaction, is the recoiling. It's actually, and you don't even need to roll for this, Um, it's starting to smell. It's it's it stinks a bit. You haven't had a chance to really clean it or wash it, and it still has a little bit of of grime on it. And it being a half orc, I haven't noticed. Yeah, Everyone he's noticed. I take. The yeah, you can all. Bro, we should have a talk about that horn, yo. All right, I'll clean yeah. it. I'll clean it when we're done. <laughs> he recoils from the horn, and then he he takes the medallion from Bernie, and looks it over, kind of flips it over, scowls a bit, hands it back, and says. <laughs> Demons and devils are a plague upon this land, and I do not understand why anyone would make deals with them, but I am I'm grateful to know that the those who were worshipped there are no longer worshipped there. And we thought that perhaps, uh, now that they have been cleared out, that Bruckstone Hold could be reclaimed for the town of Greenus to, de to help defend it, and but it would need to be cleansed. I don't know if you know how we would go about doing that or have some expertise in that area. Or if we could borrow a cup of bleach. Demon bleach, if you will. <laughs> Demon bleach, TM. He begins to nod, and uh, you see him sit in deep thought for a second and, and say, It's been a very long time since I have been a part of that kind of cleansing, but yes, that is 
that would definitely be necessary. Any any taint left behind by Mammon and his worshippers <laughs> would definitely need he gives you a sidelong glance and continues, would definitely need to be exorcised. And I I would not dare send anyone to stay there until that was absolutely done. I'm I'm familiar with the rituals. I I would need to gather a few people and some supplies. But yes, yes, I I do believe that this this should be done. This absolutely. And like he's starting to catch on to the idea now that he's um got some more information and you can see almost a little bit of excitement. Uh this is an adventure and and uh even without a, a check you can see he's he's kind of excited about this prospect. Uh, how how far I I think it's only a couple of miles from here, is that correct? Correct. Yeah, it's not too far south of town. Okay. Let me consult with a couple of my other clerics, uh see how many people we would need. I will definitely have a chance to chat with the governor. Maybe he can send some soldiers with us. Uh, we could encounter extra resistance, and I would not want to be unarmed going into such a, an evil place. But but yes, I, I do believe this is something we could do. I would need as much information as you can give me on this place, on the layout, on what you have found, on anything that was going on there. The more serious the worship, the the more deep the cleanse needs to be. I relay as much information as I can, and I even show off my new cloak. Okay. He leaves for a second and comes back with a couple of sheets of parchment and a, and a quill. And as you relay to him the layout of the temple, uh, the fort, what you found, where you found it, what was going on there, he's taking copious notes. He inspects the cloak and and is suitably impressed. I show him the, uh, the abyssal uh, drapery that I had taken. He looks at it. I don't... I don't understand the word that's on here, but... Uh, what's her face? Uh, Doravine told me what it said, and I may have drank a little too much to remember what she said, but it said something. Uh, Doravine, the the proprietor of the running? Oh, yes, yes. Well, I I would go back to her. This feels definitely... Like it came from the temple of an archdemon. I, I would ask that you take this with you as you leave. I show him my fuzzy bunny slippers. Okay, the slippers that you took that aren't actually fuzzy bunny. They're just made of bunnies and then red. I have since drawn a bunny face on both of them. <laughs> Fair enough. He takes them. He looks at them. He <laughs> kind of gives them gingerly back to you and says, you might want to wash those. I just stand there and smile at him and bat my eyes. Okay. There's a lot of things from that place we need to wash. He, so you you spend about an hour kind of relaying the whole story of the place, what was going on. He gathers up his sheets of paper and he says, I, yes, this is something we can do. This may take a couple of days. And um, that, that altar in the back that you described would definitely need to be destroyed. That is a consecration altar. And I w- would not dare to imagine what horrors have, have taken place there. Oh, wait, I have to get the Everfresh box out and show him the heart. Okay. You pull out the box. He stops as you do this and you open up the box and in there is the, the still fresh red bloody heart. He, to his credit, does not recoil from it, but 
reaches forward and closes the lid and says, I would ask that you bury that somewhere else. Cool. Can do. Is there anything else that you can think of to tell me? Otherwise, I will I will get to work on on preparing this expedition. I, I did find this. I, I reach into my uh, my bag and I grab the uh, glass ball full of poison. It appears to be some sort of poison. It was used to uh, arm a uh, box, so to speak, to as a trap if anyone had opened a treasure box. I was wondering if you knew anyone or would know about the contents of the poison and could study it so that we would know precisely what, either what we're dealing with or potentially develop an antidote in case anyone else is poisoned with it. Okay. He doesn't take the flask, uh, but he does say... That is well beyond my area of expertise. I would definitely bring that. Maybe I hate sending people to White Helms because he is so unreliable, but he is the best apothecary in town. And if you would like more information about poisons, he probably would know more than anyone here. Much, much appreciated. Why does Carlton get to whisper poison to the alchemy jug? I was supposed to say that secretly to the GM, but I don't know how to do the whispers just yet. Well, you <laughs> failed, and I yell out mayonnaise. I already did it. <laughs> it doesn't happen. No, 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 no. If you fucking type it, it doesn't happen. That's not how this works. All right. What do you want us to roll for to see what she said? Who says it first? I kick you in the balls. You kick me in the balls. Whoever falls down first loses. <laughs> That's going to be you. <laughs> What would probably happen is during this discussion, Carlton would turn to the jug to whisper poison. Why did we give this so, jug to Carlton? Because I could put poison on my blades. Because he didn't get any loot. Bernie, what I would like you to do is roll me a perception check to see if you notice that happening. While this discussion is going on about oh, the, the poison decanter that Travancore has. God fucking um, damn it. Travancore, by the way, you you do kind of know a little bit about what that is still saw it carlton you fucking sneaky asshole bernie what did you roll i rolled a seven can someone else roll a perception check everybody rolls perception checks roll travi roll all right i'll roll a perception check because i'm pretty perceptive most of the time what am i trying to perceive exactly travi and jonathan if you would like to roll perception checks i'll take it uh travancore i'm gonna make yours a disadvantage because you're currently talking with edian about the the poison vile so you're paying attention oh crap of course he's a big man and he can't be sneaky all right so 11 with the the disadvantage uh jonathan what did you roll 21 okay bernie you don't notice anything travancore you don't notice anything you're paying attention to what uh edian has to say jonathan out of the like you're paying attention to what Edian has to say, but you very clearly hear Carlton. Maybe, maybe you're standing right next to him, and you very hear clearly hear him whisper, "Poison." Carlton, something you want to share? We sounds like we're about to go out and do things. I might want to tip this on, put this on my blade. Just saying, I tend to hit things, and mayonnaise doesn't give us extra damage. It may lube it up a little. But it doesn't give us extra damage. You never know. It would damage the enemy, the arteries of our enemies, one would think. Can you put poison on a sandwich and eat it like it's... No. You know how much chicken salad I could make. Edian has stood up, is gathering his papers. He says, I will be in touch with you as soon as the rituals are complete. As I said, this may take a few days before we can get out there and begin and fully assess the the situation and i will i will bring 
some soldiers with me and definitely get word back to you when this is done. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. He's giving you a, a kind of a polite dismissal because it looks like he's he's excited about getting started on this. Okay, we should take our leave. Now we're going to have six gallons of poison. Have fun, Carlton. No, we have half an ounce, okay? We have half an ounce half of poison. Ounce? Also, don't drink oh. out of the jug. It's good advice. <laughs> you guys have this discussion as you head out of the temple. Where would you like to go? I need to find a tree. A tree? A tree. Okay, there's several of them in town. Is there a specific tree you're looking for? Something big, with big old roots, gnarledy roots. Something that looks like doom. Should we go to the tree where we bury the rats? No. So, you're not that far from kind of the center of the, the market district, and in the center of that big square, there is a, a very large willow tree. It, it doesn't have very gnarled roots, but it's a, it's a large kind of shade tree in the middle of this market square. I make a beeline for the willow. I just okay. take off running. You guys can come with me if you want. I'll follow her. Uh, it doesn't take us long to catch up to her with her tiny legs. No, and you guys are not far from from the center of the market district, so you get there in just a couple minutes. Okay, I need to dig a tiny hole. Who wants to help me dig a hole? I help dig a hole. You get some kind of strange looks from the people in town. It's, you know, just before noon at this point, and the market is fairly busy. And there's no one under the tree right now, but as as you kind of pull out i think most of you have adventures packs and you've probably got a shovel in there somewhere you start to dig a hole you're you're giving some strange looks but nobody stops you while they're digging i go buy some apples i no, i turn to carlton i say hey man maybe you sh- i i sorry the other people were hating on your poison idea i think it's good practically speaking we're warriors Gotta i don't have ourselves. many good ideas can i get a little bit of that poison to dip in one of my arrows just a teensy drop uh let me check uh i can use the in the coat, one slashing weapon or up to three pieces of ammunition. So DM call, will that will the amount that we have cover both my weapon and one of his arrows as opposed to three arrows? So it says it, I could be a basic poison. I can use the poison in this vial to coat one slashing or piercing weapon or up to three pieces of ammo. Applying the poison takes an action. A creature hit by the poisoned weapon or ammunition must make a DC 10 constitution saving throw or take 1d4 poison damage. Once applied, the poison retains potency for one minute before drying. So I won't give it to him now, but before battle, if we can both have, if he can have one ammo, and I can have my axe, it's in the player's handbook. Because of the amount you can make, yes, I think you can coat both a couple of arrows. Basically, you'll create enough in the jug for uh, three arrows, and then you'll create more in the jug enough for... Uh, one application of your weapon. All right, so you're going to give us both. Okay. Bernie, you've succeeded in digging your hole. I, we, Jack and I do a gentleman's handshake to agree upon this as they're uh, doing their heart burying. I am going to get out my cleric kit and I'm going to pour a tiny little bit of holy water in my hole. And I'm going to get my Everfresh box out, open it up, take the heart out, put some holy water on the heart and put it in the ground and bury it just covering all my bases you feel kind of the the calm of the ritual take you as you you take this disgusting heart that was probably used in some disgusting unholy demonic ritual you're not sure if this is what's needed but it 
feels right. And as you consecrate the ground, as you consecrate the heart, you kind of give a silent prayer to your God. You put the heart into the hole and fill it back up again and, and pat it. And it it feels like you've done something good. Sounds good. Oh, I need a, I need a rock so an animal doesn't dig it up. Oh, there's plenty of rocks around. You can you can kind of cover it up with dirt, a few rocks. It's it's not that hard. Okay, cool. As you finish, you stand up. You see your your three friends standing there watching you, and you also see a couple of townspeople have been watching you and are giving you a strange look. Um, that's fine. All right, they they see you looking back and just kind of smile at them, and they they give kind of a half-hearted smile and back away and go about their business. Yep, that's cool. Have fun. What's next? So I have a question for our group, actually. Did we actually ask Leosian at any point to alert Governor Tarbo to this fort, or that we did not do that? No, uh, what's-his-face said he would do it. Well, yeah, what's-his-face is going to talk to the governor. Falcon Moon. Falcon Moon. Oh. Eddie and Falcon Moon said he was going to go talk to the governor about getting some soldiers gotcha. to send with the clerics in case they encountered more resistance back at the, the fort. Yeah, okay. that way we don't have so, to. So if you guys don't remember... I'm kind of remembering that Funf Bro said that 20 miles north of town there was a cobalt treasure hoard. Just saying. Yes. I do remember that. Yes, actually. there was a cobalt treasure hoard 20 miles north. Look, we're going to be occupied. We're, we're not going to have, or I guess I should say, there's going to be stuff happening that we don't need to be here for. So if ever there were a time to take a little sojourn up north, is that how you pronounce it? Sojourn? Sojourn. I'll say sojourn. Sojourn. Yeah, then you're right. I think now's the time. I say we grab Reggie, we grab a bunch of supplies, and then we make a trek north. Wait, now that we have like a lot of lot of gold, can't we like get a pony or something? Maybe now would be the time to get a cart. Well, your pack horse can carry quite a bit. Maybe we go back and be like, uh, so you know that pack that we didn't want? Can we have that pack now? Now I will say the flump. Bro did say that there was a, a a cobalt treasure hoard 20 miles north. Didn't give you any other directions than that. Were you just planning on heading north? Oh, well, you know us. Well, I figured we could head north and with a ranger in our packs, uh, we might be able to pick up on some tracks. Just saying. I'll give it a shot. And we have a bear with a nose. So maybe Shadow could pick up something too. But he could barely know. Do we have... Well... <laughs> Wah wah. I facepalm as a free action. <laughs> okay. Somewhere a god frowns upon you. Shitty puns my god. aside. My god frowns. <laughs> do we have anything that belonged yeah. to is the is the the homestead that we raided uh that we killed all the Tiamat cultists at? Is that north as well? No. Okay. That was out west and that was only like a mile outside of town. Well, no, what I'm saying Maybe is 2 miles. It's pretty close. What we can do is we can head out that way. We can see the state of things, see if anyone's actually policed the area. But more importantly... Oh, we're going to return to the scene of the crime? No, we're going to give Shadow the scent of what we're looking for. This guy. This guy's going places. Cool. Okay. I mean, really, what's an additional mile when we're going 20 miles? Yeah. It, it, like, basically, this would be a slight rest stop. We, we see how things are, first of all. And then we also give us the means to go north and maybe actually find this treasure trove sure let's get some supplies okay all right while we're still in town though uh, i would like to go to the market and see if there's a vendor selling musical instruments uh sure you head to the market 
there's a couple of stores that seem to have general store goods. Are you looking for a specific musical Yeah, what, what are you going to get? I'm looking for a what pan you flute. Get? Pan flute. You want a pan flute? If you get a pan flute, I will get a loot, <laughs> and I, I, we can have a band. Dude, well, you're I totally going to have a band. I'm proficient in the pan flute, and we can have some traveling music. I think he's buying it for Soria. You are buying a gift for Soria, right? Because you like her. Can it be? Can I also play? I am proficient in the pan flute. Of course, you're. Then proficient you can play it. Absolutely, pan flute. Why not? <laughs> there is a general store in town called the Eagles Bazaar that you ask around a little bit. You're looking for musical instruments. That's the one place they kind of point you to. There, uh, you're told that you might be able to find. Uh, along with just kind of a random collection of goods that there might be some used instruments in there. Okay, I would like to go there and see if there's a pan flute I can purchase so that we can have traveling tunes. All right, you head over to the Eagles Bazaar. It is, from the outside, it looks like kind of a normal mundane shop. As you enter the store, a little bell goes off, kind of one of those ding, 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 ding bells. And you notice immediately it's kind of a clutterer's paradise. This place is just packed floor to ceiling with every knickknack you can imagine. Some of the stuff looks like actual general goods. Some of it just looks like random shit people have dropped off. The aisles down all of the rows are barely wide enough, Carlton, for you to walk. Like, this place is just... It's a little snug. It's snug everywhere. You get about three or four feet in. It's kind of dark and oppressive because even though there's a few windows into the place, it's there's so much stuff just hanging off the ceiling and piled onto the shelves that the there's not really even enough light from the broad daylight to, to illuminate the interior. You take a couple of steps in, your friends are following you, and from the side, you hear a, a gentleman speak to you, and he says, ah, You've come to my store! We're going to help you with ah! And you turn to the right, and there is a, a human standing there. He's maybe about five feet tall. He looks like he might have been six, six and a half feet, but he's hunched over, and um, he's hunched with old age. He's got that... That um, old age, I've lost about a foot and a half worth of height. His fingers are gnarled. He's got this big toothy grin that's missing about two or three feet. He's got this wild hair that's just strewn everywhere. His clothing is neat and clean and pressed. And he doesn't look dirty. He just looks crazy. He looks crazy. And he says, welcome to Cedric's. We're going to help you with. I'm assuming you're Cedric. <laughs> well, of course. I'm Cedric. This is all my stuff. Well, Cedric, I happen to be looking for a pan flute. Would you happen to have a pan ah! flute in stock? I, pan flutes. Good choice. I like pan flutes. So do I. I like loot flutes. Oh, oh I, I have. That I, I would bird love lady to have was a in here and she just bought out most of my stock of loot strings. She keeps buying all my loot strings. I'm out of loot strings. Did you want loot strings? I don't have any loot strings. Well, I, I would just love a loot. Like, just a loot. Okay. I can show you everything. And he brings you on I mean, over to. I, as an adventurer, I love loot. So you're following this guy, Cedric, uh, over to the side. He's going on and on and on about how much he is excited about you buying some of his musical instruments. He's going to take you over to the the musical area, or as he likes to say, musical area. Uh, Jonathan, you trip on something. You don't fall, (laughs) but you trip on something. Cedric turns around and says, ah, 
Do you want to buy that? That's a jack-in-the-box. I can tell you that. You're going to take it. And he picks it up, and it's this big wooden box with one of those cranks on the side. And before you get a chance to tell him no, he starts to rotate the crank. He's going a little too fast. And then this big horrific thing pops out right into your face. And it startles you so much that you kind of jump back a little bit. I need you to make a constitution saving throw. <laughs> you know what? I deserve this. I deserve wow. this. I roll a 16, but I deserve this. Okay. You manage to stay on your feet and you, you're white as a sheet, but you don't actually scream like a girl. You manage to look okay. And uh, you now get a look at this horrible, springy gesture that's come out of it that is basically every child's nightmare of a clown. And uh, Cedric goes, hey, 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 is it? It's great. Did you want it? It's only, it's only a gold piece. It's on it now. It's in great condition. And he starts to stuff the gesture back into the box. No, I'm good. Thanks, bro. And I look, I look, at, I look at Jonathan and I go, I wonder whose great-great-grandfather that was. You know, for a very long time, <laughs> they used to behead gnomes and stick them in jack-in-the-boxes very 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 good preservation magic skill it took but cedric turns to you and says ah this isn't a gnome i think it's an elf i think it's maybe an elf maybe an orc i don't know you know huh. if it is an orc and it's not, not a gnome i wouldn't have any gnomes in here oh, except for you you're you you seem nice it's okay ah musical instruments let me take you on over he pulls you on over to the side where his musical area is basically just like a shelf and a half where he's stuffed all kinds of musical instruments uh, you do find two or three lutes in fair condition. One of them seems to be pretty brand new. I don't want to go with the rest of the group. I want to go back and look at the jack-in-the-box somewhere. Okay. So he, Cedric kind of put it down back on the floor where he, uh, where Jonathan had tripped over it. You pick that up. The rest of you are, are taking a look at the musical instruments. So you were looking for a lute and you were looking for pan flutes? Pan flute, yes. He's got one set of pan flutes and looks to be in, in decent shape. Uh, seems to be a standard set from whatever you've seen. The lutes, as I said, he's got two or three, two that look a little more wear and tear than the, the other one. Uh, he says, see, a pan flute. I want to hear you play. And he kind of shoves the pan flute, Carlton, into your face. While they're okay. doing that, I have, I have the, I just, I rolled a sneaking, a stealth, and I got okay. a 20. I rolled because I want to... Having hung back to look some more at this thing, take the jack in the box and sneak up behind Jonathan the Magic Muscular and scare the ever loving <laughs> shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> what was your what was your stealth roll again? A twenty. A natural twenty. A natural twenty. Yeah. Natural fucking twenty. <laughs> I better scare him to the point where he poops his pants. <laughs> Jonathan, roll me a perception check. I want to, like... No, it doesn't Fuck. beat the 20. It can't beat the 20. I win no matter what. It's a nat 20. I want to take... I want to dis... I'm going to pay for this. I'm going to pay for this. I'm just going to throw this out here. I'm going to fucking pay for it. But I want to disassemble the jack-in-the-box. Stealthily. I have okay. 20 points of fucking stealth. I better be able to do this. I want to put it on. The head? Yeah, like a mask. Uh, the little whatever ruffle. I'll just cut it. I got a knife somewhere, something. I just want to wear it like a mask. And I want to position it so that this empty jack-in-the-box goes off on one side of Jonathan. And on the other, I'm up on some pile of clutter, jumping out, going, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. 
you take your knife you slice off the face of the the jack yeah in the jack in the box and you're There's able to kind of you can't get it over your head because it's it's even as a gnome it's like the head of the jack in the box is smaller than your head but you do manage to fit the face over your face and kind of tuck it behind your ears so it's not going to stay on very long but long enough for your purposes uh you stuff the rest of the jack in the box back in the box no no no. it's just gonna open up empty box it's just gonna crank open up empty box and then i jump out from somewhere else okay so you've kind of cut the whole thing out you place the box behind where Jonathan is and activate it and then sneak around. Jonathan notices the noise. Uh, No one else really pays attention. They just think it's going off again. Jonathan being prepared this time is turned around, sees the box, is a little concerned about the fact that this box seems to be sneaking up on him. (laughs) And just as the, the music gets to its crescendo, the box lid springs open and nothing happens. And then, Jonathan, the next thing you know, you are being attacked. <laughs> what do you no, do? You just turn back around and I go, Jonathan screams like a little girl and falls onto his butt. <laughs> You're over damage. You're over damage. No, no, it's no damage. There's enough stuff everywhere. Oh, he doesn't have to roll, but he. He clearly falls onto his butt. The the shop owner very quickly is just like, ah, I knew you were going to like my jack-in-the-box. Oh, that thing is great. It's only 20 gold pieces, and I knew you were going to like it. I just give him 20 gold pieces, and I'm like, where's You just it? got ripped off. He said one gold earlier. One, one gold. I give him one gold. I say, you said one gold. I did, but then you destroyed it, and so now it's 19 more. <laughs> no, 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 man. No, man. Uh-uh, that's not how that works. He holds out a gnarled hand to you and motions with his finger. And his grin, which had been very friendly, now turns a little feral. And Jonathan, uh, a, a slight shiver goes up your spine right. as you're sitting on the floor looking up at this gnarled man. I hand over the 20 gold pieces. He takes it and he shoves it in a pocket. He hands you the, the box Worth that used to have the jacket of the box. He goes, penny. He uh, looks at Jonathan and says, She got you good! She got you good! She got me good! Ha! This is the best! Ah, all right! All right! Uh, loots! Loots! And he starts handing out loots to people, uh, including Travancore. Um, Carlton, he hands you the, the pan flute and says, Go on! Give it a try! See what you like it! It's in tune! It's great! All of them are great! So that's a... You want me to do a performance then? You asked him that... You, he asked me to play it, right? He's he's handed you guys instruments and is going, give it a try, play it. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. I, don't know. All right. I put I, down my loot. I give it a performance check. I say, careful, guys. Okay, you roll me a performance it, check. It. It's a little dusty, uh, so I get a six on my performance. I get a 16. As I tune it a little, I remember my lessons <laughs> in Academy, and I start, I start playing it too. Jonathan, you pick yourself off the floor. You take the loot that he's handed you. It takes you a second to get it in tune, but it seems to be in, in perfect working order, even if it looks a little a little like it's got some wear and tear. You And you strum a little bit, a couple of simple chords. You kind of start to pluck out a tune that you would Hold learn. Hold on, I have a tune. I have a tune. I have a dream. I hope to find some gold that were guarded by some gnomes. But now they're all gone. I want... A cobalt treasure hoard for my own. <laughs> Cedric 
That was great. That was great. That was amazing. That's, I'll give you a discount. I'll give you a discount. That was great. Ah, Carlton. Carlton, let me hear. I thought you said this thing was in tune. It's a little more difficult than you remember playing the pan flute. Uh, you start to play a tune, and it, it's almost as though you just don't quite remember where all the, the notes are, and a couple of, of wrong notes come out, and it's not quite so good. Uh, Cedric does, however, uh, still grinning. Is it? That was great! That was great! That was great! That was amazing! Are you all birds? Are you birds? I Like that bird lady that keeps coming in here? Are you birds? Wait, no. bird lady that comes in here? Soria yeah, buys her strings from here. I'm the only one in town that's got loot strings! <sighs> Carlton! Yes. Idea. Yes. You buy an extra set of loot strings. He so said he was out. Loot strings. He's all out of loot strings. The bard keeps what? buying them. Ah, I see. I'm all out! She keeps buying them up! It's great! It's awful! It's great, but it's awful! Okay. Maybe the next time you get a shipment, you know, you let us know, and then Carlton buys some, and then that day, if everyone's out, you have an instant conversation piece. What do you think, Carlton? I, I do the winky gun point. Cedric sees you do that and sidles up to you, Carlton, and puts a hand on your shoulder that if this was a, a an attractive young person of whatever persuasion you prefer, you might actually be interested. But he... Here's this gnarled, grizzled old guy with the crazy hair. He's just like, I see where this is going. (laughs) He likes having a feather beard. Wink. Hey-o. All right. Wink. You want the pan flute? You want the loot? I'll give you a discount. Uh, Nine gold for the the pan flute. I'll give you uh, 25 gold for for the loot. Done. That seems fair. It is used condition, so nine gold is fair. All right, he takes the gold, stashes the way. You guys now have a pan flute and a loot. What else do you want? What else? I got everything. I got everything, lots of stuff. Huh? I got, got a, ge- a lot of things. You're a general store. Do you store. have any uh, healing potions? Ooh. Dude, you already bought something. Are you? Let me buy something. All right, well, I'm just asking what he has. You can buy it. All right, that's fine. All right. Do you have anything in the way of, like, a light, like, chainmail armor or something that an archer could use that would protect him a little bit but wouldn't affect his mobility too much? Ah oh, no, I don't do I don't do any kind of armor. I don't do uh, any kind of weapons. Uh, the wrong kind of clientele comes in here. You wanna you wanna talk to armor, uh, Smithy? Smithy. Uh, uh, that that place. Uh, oh, I don't remember the name of the place. Uh, Stone and Iron or something. Yeah, you wanna talk to one of those guys? I I deal in fun and whimsy and healing potions. Do you want healing potions? I have healing potions. And he starts to lead you on over to another part of the store. You follow him? Yeah, I'm following. I'll follow. He leads you on over to what looks like it might have been a basic apothecary. Like, there are just vials and Bunsen burners and poultice uh, smashers set up everywhere, but it's it's just a riot of stuff. There's nothing in any kind of order or sense. He does have a series of small vials on a stand, um, kind of a bright red that you all recognize. Uh, he's got three of them. And he pulls them down, and despite the fact that these look like, you know, glass vials of, of, of fairly good fragility, he's shaking them about in his hands. He's like, I got three! I got three left! Uh, ten gold each! I can have If you want them, ten gold! Ah! Going somewhere dangerous? You know you're gonna want them! How about this? How about you give us three? We'll give you 25 gold. 25 for one of them? Sure! Three! You want three? One of them? No, 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 no. Three for 25 gold. Roll me a persuasion check. Okay. How persuasive am I? He said 10 each. Oh, not persuasive. Yeah, 3 for 25. And this is what? Potion of healing? <laughs> Natural one. <laughs> ten he said per- 10 for each. 
Yeah. And uh, Travancore is offered three for 25. And this is a potion of healing, yeah. right? This is a potion of healing. Uh, I, I'm okay with 10 each because that's a good... Wait, that's too good of a deal. How good of a deal is it? A potion of healing? They're supposed yeah. to be 50 gold each. Did you just say that out loud? No. Are we saying this out you. of character? I'm saying it out of character. Okay, Travancore, what'd you roll in your persuasion? Well, I have a four with my bonus, but it's a natural one, so... Travancore, you offer the uh, three for 25, and Cedric laughs. Oh. And shakes the vials. <laughs> Ten gold each. Can I do an intelligence check to see if my play- my character knows what the player knows? That a potion of healing should be 50 gold each. And that 10 might be too good of a deal. Roll me a intelligence check. He does not know that they should be 50 gold each. Okay. That, it's a potion of healing. Yep. He mm. says they're supposed to be 10 gold each. So, so, one, two, my, three, uh, eight, Cedric, eight. May, may I smell? May I, may I smell and make sure that these are still potent? I won't drink it. May I open it and smell it? You open it, you bought it. You open it, you bought it. That's how it goes. Uh, uh, I look at you Carl open it and it's going to start to evaporate. Things are going to go wrong. And who knows what's going to happen? You open it and the price will go up by like a bajillion gold. Just, just, just. Yeah. <laughs> Can I do the same kind of uh, perception check to see whether that's the deal is normal or no? Uh, If you want to give me a straight intelligence check. Just straight up intelligence? Oh. Well. Give me a, yeah. All so, right. Why not? 20 plus your intelligence modifier. Oh, 16. Uh, for a 16, you do think that this is an amazingly good deal. Hmm. I would probably Jonathan? think the same for like a uh, 24. You would suspect something for being this cheap. I say, party huddle for a second, please. Ooh, let's huddle. I go into the huddle. I picture the huddle being the three dudes sur- over top of Bernie, where she's standing in the middle looking up the three of us in a triangular <laughs> shape. Oh, hey, Carlton, Eiffel Tower! Eiffel Tower! <laughs> no. Cedric gives you some room. He puts the, the potions back on the shelf, and he says, All right, well, you know, if you want me, I'll be over there. And he kind of wanders off down the aisle. Guys, this is way too good of a deal. There's something wrong with that. How good is too good? Uh, I do believe those things are, are supposed to be fitty. Yeah, if he's going to do a fifth of the price, it might be watered down. Watered down or, or something bad. Or something bad. Given our recent adventure with uh, uh, acquisitive, um, covetous people, could I do a check to see whether uh, this guy is affected or affiliated in any way with uh, the Mammon cultists? Uh, give me an insight check. Insight. Oh, wow. Really? Nine. He's crazy. Okay. Easy enough. Yeah, maybe we don't buy any potions from this guy. Not at least yeah. until we ask around town. Yeah, just vet him a little bit. I mean, he gave me a pamphlet that was out of tune. Nice store, but maybe we don't need to spend any more time here. Yeah, I think we're good. Let's go on Let's go on the road. I got yeah. my toy. So you're all done shopping? You're going to yes. pick up your bear, pick up your horse? Cedric, thank you for the offer, but I, I think we're good for now. I want to go stone and iron. I want to go... All right! Tell your friends! I do, too, because I want to see if I get something that'll keep me from dying if somebody launches something into my chest. Cedric sees you out. He kind of waves one of his gnarled hands at you. says, ah, tell everybody you know. Tell that tell that bird lady you know. Tell her to come on back. I know what you like. Okay, bye! And he slams the door <laughs> on you guys as you leave. All right, uh, and you're going to head on over to Stone and Iron? Yeah. The Stone and Iron is a mason and a blacksmith. You've seen it as you've walked on by. It's got kind of the the classic symbol on the front of the store. Uh, As you walk on in, you hear um, the sound of uh, 
a blacksmith in the back working on something. There's a couple humans in the in the shop. It's a fairly simple blacksmith. You do see there are a couple of weapons and a little bit of armor, but a lot of what's being shown here are farm equipment. Uh, some really nice um, hoes and uh, spades. You see equipment for hauling and uh, protecting farm animals. Uh, it's obvious that the vast majority of the clientele in here are are people who are looking for the not adventuring trades, but you do see a couple swords. You do see some, some armor and you see the the gentleman in the back that's actually working on what looks like a scythe is a, a large, dark-skinned, dark-haired, powerful human. He's just hard at work on this this scythe. Is he hot? Um, yes, actually, with his muscles and the sweat and the the pounding and the oh yeah, <laughs> if you're into that kind of thing, he is he is a human with muscles, and you you must respect that. At the kind of the counter is another human, uh, a smaller, also muscled, uh, younger man. He's got also dark skin, lighter hair. He comes up to you and says, "Can I can I help you?" Uh, so I'm an archer. And I need something in the way of armor that'll give me a level protection without harming my mobility too much. Because I need to be able to move around. Okay. Um, armor. Wow, we haven't had to deal with that in a while. And he turns back to the gentleman on the scythe. And uh, he says, Janvin! Janvin! And the the blacksmith stops what he's doing, looks up. You hear, you see him take some cotton out of his ears and kind of give the other guy a look. And the, the younger man says, we, we got some adventurers, I think. The gentleman comes on up and goes to shake your hand. He holds out his hand to, to shake your hand. I shake his hand. Okay. He, nice, strong, firm grip. It is sweaty. You come away sweaty and he doesn't look apologetic like at all. But like a hot says, sweaty, right? Uh, if you're into that kind of thing, yes. Jemvin Wolf Swift. Um, I'm the owner of this place. You don't get too many adventurers in here. What exactly are you looking for? Well, as I was telling your uh, colleague, I'm a ranger, archer by trade, and uh, I need some level protection for myself that allow me to to be able, still be able to move around a little bit, a lot, make for my dexterity. I need to be able to move quickly, but I also need not to die when people try and strike me. That seems reasonable. Yeah. I... I can't say I don't have that much. I'm mostly working on plowshares instead of swords. Um, you, you, what, are you looking for some chainmail? You're looking for some... What are you looking for? A light chainmail could actually work. Jamvin brings you on over to basically the back. Not necessarily where most of the people are shopping. And he does have some chain shirts on sale for 50 gold. That'll work. I'll get one of the chainmail shirts. Oz. Pleasure doing business with you. What what was your name again? Travancore. I'm the Viceroy of Glenmar. Not that it means that much this far out from where I live. I what means means more to me is a man of character and a man who knows fine quality work. I appreciate that. I look at him and I go, I know fine quality work. <laughs> me me thinks the little gnome wants you to pound some ingot. No, I just wanna be <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> 
<laughs> he sees your look and gives you a smile that you sense is the smile he gives to every single woman or man who walks in that is obviously turned on by his physical aptitude. Uh, but he turns back to Travancore and says, I'm, I can't say that I am the best armor out there, but in this town, I'm the only one who knows what they're doing. Uh, you tell me how this works. You, you come back to me. If I come back alive, then that's probably a good sign. However, I have one more question for you. I don't know if you could adapt any kind of chainmail armor or leather or something to fit an animal, say, the size of a black bear. I know it sounds very unusual. And I look but... at him and I go, say, an actual black bear. <laughs> he doesn't actually look rattled by this. He says, well, I've got barding for horses. We've had to, to make some war horses for the governor, especially recently. I guess depending on the size of your bear, I could... I could figure something out. It's going to take a little while. It's not going to be cheap, but you bring you bring your bear by. Oh, well, get some measurements. See what I can do. Much appreciated. Thank you. And I pipe in. I'm like, all right. Uh, so, sir, as you can see, I tend to like to go all natural. Do you have any plate cod pieces? <laughs> because I got to protect the boys. He looks at you and without batting an eye says, well... I'll have to get some measurements. I'll have to see exactly, you know, what size we're looking at. But Extra large. It might take a little while and be expensive, but I could definitely work something out. All right. Let me let me know. You come back with some numbers and you let me know. Roll an insight check. Insight. And also, Travancore, uh, mark off 50 gold and you now have a chain shirt, which yep. is 13 plus your dexterity modifier. Cool. Nine. Yeah, he's he's not at all phased by any of this. And I want to say, look, I'm knee high to Carlton. You're not going to need as much plate as you think. <laughs> Guess who's walking? Bernie, his face doesn't change an iota, except he looks at you and winks. Uh, now, Lord, as the DM, if I wear a plate codpiece, would I get any bonuses or would that take away from my unarmored defense? Because I'm still mostly naked. It's not going to help your armor at all, because most of the time when people are fighting you, they're not going for your cock. However, it might be interesting. Okay, that's fine. But it's not going to help your AC at all. Okay. And I, it's small enough that I wouldn't count it against your unarmored defense. Okay, that's, that's the main thing. I want a David Bowie-esque, big-ass codpiece. <laughs> With a spike. With a spike, <laughs> yes. Mind the inseam, Bella. Is this going to be like a weapon <laughs> instead of like a... <laughs> all right, so we done? We, we good here? I think so. I, I thank him for his custom. Sir, what was your name again? Jemven. Jemven. He grabs your arm again. It's a little less sweaty this time, and you're expecting it, so it's not quite as... as uh, Jemvem Wolfswift. Nice Jem to meet you. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. All right. Anything else you guys want to do in Greenest before you make this 20-mile-in-some-direction trek? Let's montage buying some supplies, like food, <laughs> etc. So Travancore goes off to go get Reggie and Shadow. Bernie, you spend a little bit of time. Are you looking for anything specific, or you just want to get... Make sure you've got enough trail rations for what could be a couple days' journey. Non-perishables and extra linen bandages. Because these fools are going to get us into trouble. The food you can very easily find at some of the stalls in town. It's only going to be, let's say, three gold for enough food for the four of you. You know, kind of jerky and trail rations and things like that to, to for several days' journey out and then hopefully several days' journey back. 
Uh, linen bandages you don't find there. You're probably going to either have to go back to um, Cedric's, the Eagle's Bazaar. Let's ask uh, Leogen if he has anything that we can just, like, go out. got anything on okay. hand. You follow Travancore back as he's going to, to get the animals, uh, and you find Leogen and ask him about some bandages. He says, I, I think I've got a healer's kit somewhere. Where... Where are you going? We're just going on a little camping trip. Wouldn't be prepared. We're going camping and Carlton is clumsy. Very so much so. Are you going to check out the Purbeck mine we were talking about this morning? Because I know the governor would be interested in that. and But it might be very dangerous. I don't know if one healer's kit would be yeah, enough. That, that's, uh, that's, we're, we're, gonna, we're, uh, we're working with uh, Falcon Moon. We're going to work on that. Uh, in a, a couple days, but we're, we're brewing some stuff together. We're just taking a little R and R. Okay. Carlton likes I, to fight things. I I have noticed. I things like to the fight prepared. Carlton. Okay. Things like the fight Carlton. That's you. He goes off. He comes back, and he does have uh, a healer's kit, which is in the uh the player's handbook. I think I already have one, but having two is good. It's it's got bandages. It gives you a a bonus to some of your healing if you use it. It's It's got some good stuff in there. So he hands that over um, in a nice tidy box and he says, come back safe. I'm gonna try. Anything else? Nope. I think we're ready to head on out. Alright. Uh, you head... There's not an exit to Greenest to the north. So you head out the west entrance because you know that the road there eventually leads north. It's about mid-afternoon. Well, we're, we're swinging by to get the scent of the kobolds. Oh, you were going to, that's right, you are going to the farmhouse. Okay, so you actually go east, you go out those those doors, out the, the main entrance. It's about mid-afternoon, you wave off to the guards, you're heading off to the farmstead that you had uh, killed all the kobolds at all of those many weeks ago. And that's where we're going to end tonight, and we'll pick this up the next episode of Dungeons & Dragons & Drunks. Thanks for listening to Dungeons & Dragons & Drunks. Follow us on Twitter, at Dungeon Drunks or at our host podcast, at Glibshark, or www.glibshark.com. And see you next encounter.